a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What do you really know about your customers and how can you make that data work for you? Hi, I'm Andy Johns. I'm hosting this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. Joining me today is Darren Archbald, who is the Director of Account Management and Customer Success with Calix. Thank you for joining me, Darren. Morning, Andy. Uh, Welcome to Connections. Yes, we are recording this um, at the Calix Connections uh, Innovation and User Conference. It's here at the uh, the Wynn in Las Vegas. So we found a room that doesn't have uh, the Latin pop soundtrack going in the background like a lot of the hotel does, so it's quiet. I am recording on uh, the second string recorder here, so if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. Um, but remember, we're here at the Hotel Live, so anything you hear in the background is not background noise, it's ambiance. So keep that in mind. Um, Darren, is uh, uh, a lot of what he presented on yesterday, we were part of a marketing roundtable discussion, really some great information. Um, some of the, the topic uh, mostly revolved around uh, the Calix Marketing Cloud Services. So I thought first, uh, if you don't mind, just kind of give me a, a brief overview of, of what exactly the, the Marketing Cloud is. Yeah, absolutely. So the Calix Marketing Cloud allows service providers to pull data from all of their network elements Uh, and then aggregate that together with customer subscriber records um, and essentially present that information back uh, in an actionable format for use by the marketing marketing organization um, to better understand uh, subscriber behaviors and how subscribers are, are using bandwidth in their home, what kind of devices are driving bandwidth consumption, uh, what kind of network traffic, uh, Netflix, Facebook, uh, their consumers are using. Um, and uh, that information is contextualized and allows the uh, marketing organization to um, anticipate potential new services that, that customers might be interested in and to then ensure that customers uh, bandwidth um, subscriptions align with the type of experience that they're looking for in the home. Perfect. Now, I know that we have some folks that uh, use the flow analyzer from you guys already. So how does this relate to that? Is this uh, part of it or different components? How does, how does the marketing cloud relate to the flow analyzer? Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of our customers uh, are using the flow analyze uh, uh, capability from Calix. Um, Flow Analyze actually is one of the underlying data feeds that we bring into the Calix Marketing Cloud solution. Um, the Historically, we've seen marketing organizations take that information and on an individual account level, they're able to translate the IP address that comes from the flow data and then correlate that with subscriber records. What we do in Marketing Cloud is, is we build that data model for the whole subscriber base on a one-time basis, and that information is then constantly refreshed. So from a marketing organization perspective, I now have the ability to aggregate all that network information with my subscriber records and see that information in real time and presented it back to myself as a marketer in a format that's usable by me. So I can use addresses, names, Um, I can use uh, email addresses and phone numbers, but IP addresses aren't that useful for me if I want to do marketing activity. Certainly. So I think usable being the the key word there. Now, part of what was brought up in our discussion yesterday was that um, for business and residential, uh, internet service or Wi-Fi is no longer one size fits all. And I guess you could argue it was never really one size fits all, but um, 
you know, as, as we get into the marketing cloud, that sort of thing, um, how, you know, how does it allow telcos to customize the experience and offering based on a customer's needs, habits, lifestyles to make sure they're not offering a one size fits all package for everyone? Yeah, that, that's right. So I think obviously the, with, 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 with our customers deploying new technology, GPON, Active Ethernet solutions, the actual con the, the, the bandwidth constraint is no longer the, the technology. So now it's a question of if I'm going to sell a service to my customers, I'm, I really need to understand what content and what type of consumption are they, are they going on. So what Marketing Cloud will do will allow you to look for common sets of behaviors who are likely to respond in a common way based on a given stimulus. So okay. if, if I know, for example, that gamers are looking for a certain type of service, they're looking for you know, very low latency, relatively high bandwidth, I can now start to not only identify customers that are using their content in that way, but I can also talk to them based on what their needs might be. So I can actually start to make offers to them and present them in a way that is meaningful to them as a consumer. Um, you know, we talked actually a lot about persona-based marketing yesterday and, and how we des design campaign material to really speak to those users. Right. So the combination of that data, both in terms of identifying common behaviors and then understanding who those or what will speak to those people in terms of the type of experience they're looking for is, is a really important convergent activity for a marketing organization to do. Uh, not only will you serve up the right packages to the right people, but you'll also, you won't be making offers to people that may not be interested. So from a marketing effectiveness perspective, you're also gonna see some improvements there. Certainly. Now, now, you talked about some of the personas, and you mentioned gamers, uh, which one, but one of the ones that came up yesterday is at-home workers or people running a home-based business. Right. Um, what, are some of the, what, are, what are some of these other personas that you mentioned or some kind of types that you, um, you know, had talked about? And then how does the cloud um, help, uh, the marketing cloud from Calix, how does it help telco spot those types of users? Yeah, so, so with, with the flow data, essentially what we're able to see is we're able to see um, where traffic is coming from and going to. So we have a sense on are people going to, uh, are they going to Facebook? Are they going to Netflix? Uh, are, they, are, they using, um, are they using HTTPS traffic? So are they likely using VPN tunnels? Okay. Um, we can't see the content in that, but we can predict what that behavior might be based on the type of protocol and the type of traffic that we might be seeing. So one of the customers yesterday shared a great example around those home work from home users. There are two characteristics that we see for them that, that pop up frequently. So they have secure traffic and they have both high up speed and down speed requirements. So not only are they downloading content, but they're pushing content back up to the to the to the cloud right. as well. So so being able to look for look for customers that have that kind of symmetrical bandwidth process, and then come back to them and offer them. By the way, what's most likely off peak for your rest of your network traffic? Right. A higher bandwidth symmetrical service that will talk to them based on the way they're likely to use their service. That's a perfect example of. You know how a traffic and an internet behavior usage might then translate to a service offering that you would go back to your customer base with. 
Perfect. And that leads right into the next question is, is once you get these kind of insights, once you can identify, you know, okay, we have a significant number, you know, uh, 400 for, you know, say you have 400 people that, that meet that criteria of um, you think they're probably at home workers. Um, what, wh what do you normally, um, you know, what can folks do with that once they know, once they're able to identify those folks? Yes, yeah, so we've seen our, our customers uh, respond in a number of different ways around that. So a lot of it will come down to, okay, can I design a very specific persona-based service package that will, that I can target specifically to those users that they're likely to respond favorably to. So, so what I'm now doing is I'm creating a lot of a, a, a kind of rolling thunder type campaign approach where I'm right. constantly bringing campaigns and offers to my customer base but I'm only targeting those customers for whom I think there's going to be value in a service. Sure. So, so it changed the dynamics of the marketing organization. That typically, a lot of our customers will do a, you know, they'll do a fall and summer campaign, but they'll, they'll, they'll peanut butter it to all of their customers. What this allows them to do is be very targeted, very, very contextual. Um, you know, when, uh, when Christmas comes along and people's you know, they're signing up for a lot of new devices or when the, the next Game of Thrones season comes out and people are going to start binge watching, right. they can very much start to target uh, very timely, very relevant service offerings to those customers that are most likely to be interested. Perfect. More meaningful, uh, you know, really zero in and, and uh, be more meaningful there. Now, um, I can see, and this was brought up a little bit yesterday, um, and you touched on it earlier, but when you... Are there privacy concerns or do those questions come up and then when the end users may have those questions, uh, you know, the whole big brother thing, sure. uh, what are, what, how do you answer that question when your customers ask you on behalf of their end users as to, you know, privacy concerns or anything like that about knowing this much about what they're doing? Absolutely. So CPNI is a big issue in the industry right now. We, right. We've been following the, uh, the FCC rulings around that very closely and we've made sure that our products are going to make sure they address not only the regulatory requirements, but also the practical implementation for our customers with sure. their customers. Right. What the FCC say and what customers may think may not always be the same sure. thing, right? right. So, right. so we're, we're, we're very sensitive to both parts of that, of that equation. The, the simplest analogy I can give you is, is the way we report data out and the way we work with our partners to report the data is it's like the mail service where we can see the packet and we can see where it's coming from and where it's going to and we see the color of the packet and we can we even know how heavy it is but we don't know what's inside okay right and so that's the way we actually collect the data and analyze it we're never actually looking at individual consumer content we're only looking at you know packet header information that allows us to then contextualize it based on other data set data points Sure, the mailman knows I get a lot of Amazon boxes, but he doesn't know what's inside them. So that's same kind of. That's exactly it. Great. Now, one of the coolest parts, and, and we can uh, kind of end on this, a um, couple of questions. Uh, one of the coolest things to see at the discussion we had yesterday was, uh, I believe it's called the Social Channel Heat Map. That's correct, yeah. Um, just uh, just give me a quick overview of that uh, in terms of, of, um, of what it does and what insights folks can draw from it. Yeah, so one of the, one of the uh, areas that we got feedback on from Marketing Cloud very early was that our customers are shifting their marketing activities from traditional print and mail to they all have digital marketing strategies. And the social channels are an important part of that activity. What Marketing Cloud actually allows us to see is which of those social channels 
your subscribers are most active in, and not only which, which in terms of raw numbers are they active in, but when are they most active. So as our customers are thinking about outreach to their customers, either from a community engagement or from an advertising or, or whatever it may be in terms of what, the, the, what, they're try, what, they're, the, what their goals are around social media channels, they can now be very, very targeted about when and how they approach their customers. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. We had uh, one, of the, one of the customers yesterday, the service provider looks 16,000 lines, rural Wyoming. They talked about the fact that they do significant outreach through Facebook. And what they found was their customers were on Facebook at a particular time of the day, um, on particular days of the week, and if they pushed their content at that, that time, that they got a significantly higher level of customer engagement in sure. terms of likes or page views right. with that content. So that's a great example of being able to say, I'm meeting my customers where they are. Sure. Um, the other thing we've seen, and I, 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 this for me is, is, is a staggering use case, was where are my customers not? Okay, and that's so important too. We, what we found, you know, one, one of the customers also shared yesterday in the roundtable was that you know, they were looking to see where they were spending their advertising dollars with Twitter, with Pandora, with Spotify, and whatever those media channels are. And what they found was they had a significant part of their advertising dollars being spent in a channel where I think they said they only had 2% of their customers active in that channel right. at the times where they were advertising. Right. I was but, hoping you would tell that story. I think yeah. Pandora is where they said they, they had the contract that, signed and everything that, and that, ready to go. That's right, and as it, as it turns out, they have both the mobile and the and the um, and the residential Pandora service, and in reality, their customers are not using Pandora at home. They're using it on their mobile devices, and they were able to save a significant amount of marketing and advertising dollars by pulling back the residential component of that and just focusing on the mobile piece. So that's a really great example of using very uh, you know subscriber data not just general subscriber data, so what does the national average look like, but what does it look like for my subscribers in my network at this point in time, and that allows them to make much better marketing, marketing investment decisions. Sure, that was a, a great example. Like I said, I was hoping you would get into that one. Um, now, one, one last, uh, let's say I have two questions left here, but um, one, of the, one of the folks yesterday mentioned um, when folks go to a speed test. Um, is that, you know, they said, I think that they have a trigger that when, when they see that a customer goes to a speed test and is using one of the speed test sites in a certain amount of time, you know, you, two or three times in a couple of days or, or whatever their trigger was, then they, they call the customer and they say, it's just a courtesy call to make sure everything's all right. That's right. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that's the kind of insight you can really only get from, from something like the marketing cloud. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we have the ability with, um, you know, IP address libraries to understand, you know, what the UCLA speed test IP address is. And we can put that into our customer's marketing cloud data set. Um, and if they're interested in understanding how often customers are going to a speed test environment, then, then they can do that. And the benefit of that for them is, is typically customers are looking at speed tests for two reasons. Am I getting the service speed to which I'm subscribed? Right. Or I am interested in seeing how fast the speed I can get, and it can be an indicator of churn. Sure. So a lot of our customers, when they're worried about retention, you know, customers hitting a speed test on a on a on a on an accelerated basis may be an indicator that that customer might be having a problem. 
Sure. Um, actually, we heard this morning in the main stage that um, from one of the other service providers that their customers now no longer even call them when there's a problem. They just go to Facebook and make a complaint. Um, so again, having this kind of insight that would allow them to anticipate that there is somebody coming into the into you know, that there is a potential churn risk in advance right. is is it? It's just another data point for them to go action. Perfect. Now the last thing, um, and it's kind of a right turn here, but one of the things that you said in the meeting yesterday when somebody was talking about. Um, you know, the way that they sell their services and the tiers that they have. Um, you said uh, stop selling speeds. And yeah. I, know, I know that's in certain circumstances, but that was something that kind of raised eyebrows in the room. Like, well, what do you mean? But so can you explain, expand on that? When you, say, when you say stop selling speeds, what do you mean? Yeah, so th this actually draws together a couple of the themes we've talked about. So most of our customers don't understand the technology as we understand it. Right. So when we talk about things like mesh or Wi-Fi or even internet, that may or, be, may or may not mean the same thing to that customer. When we think about speed, customers very often don't understand the relative performance to speed correlation. Sure. And the best example we heard yesterday was a customer talking about the fact he sells a five gig cellular plan right. and a 10 meg broadband plan and the customer has no idea what the difference is. So one of the things when we said, when we start thinking about talking about speed, what we really mean is make sure that you're talking to a customer in a vernacular that they understand. Sure. Right? So am I describing the service that I am offering you in a way that is understandable for you? So my children, if I talk about we have a 50 meg service, they don't understand. But if I say, girls, when we get our 50 meg service, that means we can have all the devices all over the house and we never have to worry about any network performance issues they go that's what we want that right so they just care about that experience so if we're able to sell and market in a in a way that is meaningful to the customer in terms of the expected experience they're going to get then our customers are going to understand that they're going to understand the difference between why i should upgrade and why i should not because for them speed is not necessarily a uh, a, a measure they understand so they may think bigger, faster, better, but that may be the limit of their understanding of, 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 of what service we're offering. So that's when I talk about don't sell speed. It's really to encourage customers to think about how, or our customers to think about how their subscribers perceive their service and how they understand how that's going to affect their life. Sure. I mean, the best example I go to for that is, um, you know, one of my wife's uh, aunts, so in-laws, we were there last Christmas, talked about internet speed at their, um, at their house in rural South Georgia. And, you know, she said, I, I wish they would just tell me what speed I need to FaceTime with the grandkids in Minnesota. You know, yeah, and she so. did exactly like you're saying. She didn't know, you know, which numbers she, you know, she needed. She just knew that that's what she wanted. So it, right. it sounds like a, an excellent approach. We, we've gone a, a bunch of different ways. I really appreciate you being uh, on here. What do folks need to do as we wrap up here? What do folks need to do if they're interested in finding out more um, about uh, the cloud marketing? We'll, we'll definitely go to uh, marketing cloud. Uh, definitely go to, uh, you know, Calix, Calix, Calix .com. Uh, we have a wealth of information around our all of our cloud products. Uh, yeah, for sure, uh, feel free to reach out to your Calix sales representative. Um, but you know, you can come onto our on, onto the Calix.com site and you can request uh, more information or request a follow up, and uh, one of our one of our sales reps will reach out and uh, and contact you, uh, you know, shortly thereafter. 
Perfect. Well, this is a powerful tool for folks to use, and I look forward to uh, seeing the clients that we work with at WordSouth, um, you know, getting more of these insights, and it's exciting for you guys to be right on the, the cutting edge here. So thanks, Darren, for joining me. Yep. Andy, thanks a lot. Thanks for your time today. This has been another episode of Story Connect podcast. We've got at least one more episode we're going to record here at the Calix Connections uh, Innovation and User Conference here in Las Vegas. Um, I've uh, enjoyed being here. It's a great conference if you ever get a chance to, to be out here. Um, they certainly do a good job with this one. And uh, I am your host, Andy Johns. Until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.